0: Good morning, Tower View Baptist Church. I pray that uh, God is with you. I know He is this morning as we prepare here now to study God's Word. And for anybody else who's listening, whether it's live this morning, 9 o'clock Kansas City time, or uh, watching this recorded later on. Thank you. This is, uh, I'm Pastor Nelson. I'm from Tower View Baptist Church. For those of you who don't know, If you want to contact us, you can go to www.towerviewkc.com. If you go to uh, that website, slash live, and you can see all our other videos that are there. You'll see our music video for the hymns this morning, and uh, uh, Pastor Darren's uh, message will be posted there at 1030 this morning. This morning, um, if you want any other way to get in contact with us, you can also call or text our uh, church line number. 816-368-1330. 816 This morning we're going to be looking into God's Word. We're going to continue our study in the book of Romans. We're going to be in Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Except I'll immediately go back and read some verses out of chapter 5 to, for some context. But as we get ready to get started this morning, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I just thank you and praise you for all that you do. Help us as we study your Word for a few minutes this morning, Lord, that You open our hearts, you open our minds. Lord, that it will change our hearts, it will change our minds, it will change our attitudes about living and about life. About you and about others. Because you are the mighty God. I just pray your Holy Spirit will be on me, it will be on each person who is watching and listening to this. Whatever time they listen to it, Lord. Because you are the mighty God. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we continue with this unprecedented time in our country, in our world, with uh, the COVID-19 outbreak and and all the um, ways that we're trying to deal with that, uh, which is one of the ways is we're not meeting together. So our Sunday school lesson is me sitting here talking to you um, over a thing called the internet. Who would have thought this? Um. When the Spanish flu was happening in 1918, this was not an option. Um, even if this was to happen a few decades ago, if this happened while I was in high school or some of you were in high school, this wouldn't have been an option. Uh, but through the miracle of technology, technology is grand when it works, we are able to do this. And this is still God's word. Even though we are not physically sitting in the same room, even though our small groups are not meeting this morning, Um, I'm in a small group that meets on Friday night, and we're not meeting. Uh, Even though we're not doing that this morning together, we are together studying God's word. So I thank you for each one that's watching, and as as others will pop up. So God's word this morning, we're like I said, we're in Romans uh, chapter six. I'm gonna start, and it's verses one through fourteen. So I'm gonna start by reading that whole section. Romans 6, starting in verse 1, reading 1 through 14. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. What should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that the grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Jesus Christ, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless, so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin since the person who died is freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him, for death has died, he, has, he died to sin, once for all time. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires, and do not offer any parts of it to sin, as weapons for unrighteousness. But those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God, and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you, because you are not under the law, but under grace. So I see our numbers are growing, and I praise God for that. Thank you for all who are watching. So here in Romans, he starts off in chapter six, verse one. What should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? He starts off with a question, but the question begs, like, wait a minute, this is like we're interrupting in the middle of his of a thought. And we are, we are. This is when Paul wrote this. He didn't say, okay, um, put a six here now. We're ready for chapter. That wasn't how he wrote it. He just it's a flow from what was in chapter five. Last week, we only went through chapter, uh, verse 11 of chapter 5. He continues on in, in chapter 5, and he makes a compare, compares and contrasts Adam and Jesus. He's contrasting the sin of Adam, one person, with the righteousness of Jesus, also one person. And how because of our faith, because of what Jesus did, we are justified. Big word alert. We're going to use two big words today. One is justification. The other is sanctification. Justification is the process we also call salvation. It's what happened when Jesus died on the cross. He justified our sins and allowed us to be saved. And by faith we accept that justification. Sanctification is being made holy. You have that word sanct in there. Sanctify. We meet normally meet in a sanctuary sanctify sanctify is to be made holy to be made holy we meet in a sanctuary a holy place we are saints in god that means you are a holy person a saint is a holy person so we have that saint so sanctification is the proper process of becoming holy and as a christian once you become saved you begin the process of becoming holy and it does not stop until the day of our death, and we meet Jesus in heaven. But justification is a one-time event that happens. God, Jesus did it when he died on the cross, completed it when he rose from the dead. And that justification, when we accept Christ by faith, that, that's when that justification applies to us. And so that's what he's doing in the last part of chapter 5. And in, in chapter 5, verse 20, he, he, may, he says this, The law came along to multiply the trespass. But where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that, sin, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So even though there was sin in the world, and law came to point out the sin, so the sin was even multiplied because now there was more ways to break the law, and, and and to point out our sin. So the law came to show us how sinful we are. But just so that as sin reigned in death, grace will reign through righteousness. Jesus brought righteousness, and so grace conquers the sin. Righteousness conquers sin. Grace conquers sin. And so he just made that statement. Now in verse six, in chapter six, verse one, what should, should should we say then? Should we continue to sin so that grace may multiply? Well, since because more the more there's sin, the more there's grace. Therefore, if we sin more, there's more grace. And people people literally have used that to justify sinning. Well, if I sin more, then there's more forgiveness, and there's more grace, and more of God's power can work through me. And what did Paul say to that in verse 2? He said, absolutely not. That is ludicrous. That is an asinine statement. And he, he, this is the second time he's addressed this. If you flip back a page or two in your Bible to chapter 3, verse 8, and he, he, he's making a similar statement. And in verse 8 he says, And why not say, just as some people have slanderously claimed that we say, let us do what is evil so that good may come. And in that point, he just he just said, their condemnation is deserved. But here, he said, absolutely not. And now he's going to go into an argument why that's such a ludicrous statement. That as a Christian, that we should sin more, just so more grace will happen. And he's like, no, that's, that's ludicrous. No, that's not how this works as in the commercial. That's not how this works. not how yeah, this works. How can we who died to sin still live in it? We died to sin? When did we die to sin? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? So now he's taking a picture of baptism. And that's why we as Baptists want to baptize people by immersing them. Because it's such a picture of what is happening. in in salvation, in, in, in the terms of our lives. Therefore, we who are buried with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. Jesus died. We know Jesus died. He died on the cross. Horrendous death. And this Easter season, today is Palm Sunday but there unless you bought some palms we, we I have no palm leaves to wave around here. Next Sunday is Easter. Friday we is Good Friday. We normally have a Good Friday service where we talk about the death of Jesus. And so all in, in the church calendar as we call it, that's happening this week. And so we know that Jesus died. He died on the cross for our sins. He died Read, you want to understand this better? Read the book of Hebrews. But Jesus died as the sacrifice. During the Passover, which is this time of year, is also the Jewish Passover right now. Um, the, the, their, their services are being interrupted too. Their family gatherings are being interrupted by this COVID virus too. During the Passover time, they were to sacrifice a lamb. The lamb was to die. Jesus was that death for us so that we don't have to kill a lamb every year. But Jesus died, but we also, through our salvation experience, through our justification, we die to sin too. And that, we see that picture that in, in, in baptism. when we go under the water, it's like you're being buried and then you come out. It's like a resurrection. No, you're not literally dying when we hold you. We don't hold you under that long. Although I sometimes joke, I'll hold you under until you really repent. I have never actually done that. Um, but it's a picture of the death the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here in, in Romans chapter 6, in verse 4 it says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. Through our, By baptism, that's another way of saying through salvation. Okay, Baptism does not save you, but it's a picture of salvation. That we are baptized into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory, by the glory of the Father, so that we too may be, walk in newness of life. So that we have a new life. If any of you have died or had a near-death experience, and, and by near-death doesn't mean that your heart literally stopped beating, but near-death is you were in an incident where you thought you were going to die. You understand and you see how people change when they've had that and they realize the brevity of life, how precious life is, that they change what they do and how they, how they live and their outlook on life. You have had that. You have a new outlook on life because you have died to your sins, and you have been raised again because of Jesus. And Paul's going to—you haven't got it yet. Keep following along. But Paul's, Paul's going to cover that. So in verse Romans chapter six and verse five, for if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So if we die like Jesus, not literally, but to our sins, we die like Jesus. Just think about the glory that we can have when we re- through the resurrection that's like Jesus. Every other, the Bible has many places where there was a death and a resurrection. We think of Lazarus in, in, in John chapter eleven. That Jesus raised a widow's son from the dead during his funeral procession. In the Old Testament, there's a couple different places where a prophet raised somebody from the dead. Paul Paul himself raised somebody from the dead in the book of Acts because he preached so long. Somebody fell asleep and fell out a second story window and died. And Paul prayed and he was raised from the dead. But what happened to every one of those people who died? That was raised from the dead. They all died again. Their physical, this physical body that they were, they were in, died again. But are resurrected by our, the body that Jesus gives us, the life that Jesus gives us cannot die again. That that is eternal. And so. Um, we Will be in the likeness of his resurrection. We know that Jesus, when he's resurrected, his body was different. He showed up in, in, a, in a room with the doors locked. How he did that, I don't know. He showed up in different places in different times. And he, he, it didn't matter. He could, he could travel quickly from one place to another, but he could eat. It says, it, it says that he ate. People touched him. So he wasn't a ghost. He wasn't just a spirit. His body was different. How? I don't know. It doesn't explain the physics of it. But it was different. Verse chapter Romans chapter 6 verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. So that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless. So that we may no longer be enslaved to sin since a person who has died is freed from sin. So now he's, he's, un, he's unpacking it some more. We die, how, do, how are we dying? Well, we're dying to our old self. Our old self was crucified on the cross with Jesus. Thankfully, we didn't feel the pain, the pain that Jesus felt physical and emotional and mental grief that he faced on the cross. But our old self was crucified with Jesus on the cross. That old self, our body, that was ruled by sin. And those of you who have been saved as an adult, you understand the difference that it changed in your life, that you saw when Christ changed you from your old self to your new self. Those of us like me, who, who who've followed Christ since childhood don't see that drastic change in our life from the old to the new but that doesn't mean it's any less I just have to learn about it I have to realize it and and through you know, my old age yeah as, as I've gotten older I've realized how sinful I still am and God keeps pointing out as like I'm thinking, God, I've been a Christian for all these years, decades. I still got sin? Yes, child, you still have sin. You have not arrived. You still have to work and get to sanctify and get rid of the sin in your life. But because of Jesus, I can do that. Our old self, our old sinful self is powerless. So that we're not enslaved to sin anymore. If you were a slave to somebody, it's not by choice. Slaves don't get to pick their masters. In Romans times, you became a slave because your your country or your city was conquered. And the conquering nation took you. If they didn't kill you, they took you and you became a slave for somebody. That was your new lot in life. That was your new normal. Sometimes you became a slave because of debt. They didn't file for bankruptcy. You just became a slave. So the idea of, of being in debt had, had had great ramifications, much more than what we have today. But because of Jesus, you've been freed from that. You've been redeemed from that. Another term from slavery, it means if somebody pays for your freedom, you're redeemed. Because that Christ freed us from our sin. And that, our old master is gone. Sin is no longer our master. You have a new master. And Romans chapter 6 verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Because we know that Christ having been raised from the dead will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. So I got ahead of myself a little bit more. Here Paul describes that. Jesus can't die again. He conquered death. So when Lazarus was raised from the dead by Jesus, Lazarus didn't conquer death. God did. God is the one who allowed people to be resurrected. The dead person didn't decide to be resurrected. Except in the case of Jesus Christ. Nobody stood outside Jesus' tomb and said, Jesus, come forth. Nobody sat and prayed. We we, we see in in the Old Testament, Elisha raised somebody from the... He literally laid on top of, of the child who had died and prayed. That didn't happen. Jesus chose to rise from the dead. Jesus... Came out of the grave on his own. He opened the tomb from the inside out. Jesus literally conquered death. So he cannot die again. In, in, in first Peter first or second Peter, I never remember which one. It talks about Jesus went down to hell. What he did, I don't know. It doesn't describe what he did. But he conquered death. He came back. He defeated death. Sometimes we may have a loved one whose heart stops beating because of a medical condition or or, or, or a tragic crash or accident or something, and the doctors can revive them. But nobody claims that death has been conquered. Death has been delayed, but it hasn't been conquered. Sometimes it's delayed for many years. Sometimes it's only delayed for a few days or less. But we don't conquer death. Jesus conquered death. He is our new master. Verse verse 8. He when he died, he freed us from sin, verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him because we know that Christ having been raised from the dead will not die again death no longer rules over him i read that already verse 10 for the death he died he died to sin once for all time but the life he lives he lives to god so you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in god and alive to god in Christ Jesus so he does some wordplay here in verse 10 for the death he died he died to sin so you used death, the word die death, three times. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Now he used the word live three times, to live three times. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all time. Jesus doesn't need to keep dying for us. In the Jewish law, you had to offer a sacrifice for sin at least every year. And a priest had to do it once for himself and then for the whole nation every year. Yom Kippur, uh, the Day of Atonement. is done every year, every single year. Jesus did it once for all time. And if he died that once for all time, he lives also for all time. And he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin. And alive to God in Christ Jesus. So we are dead to sin. We need, we need to be dead to sin. Get rid of the sin in your life. It doesn't rule you anymore. You don't understand this addiction. You're right. Addictions are hard. If they weren't hard, they wouldn't be an addiction. They'd just be a bad habit. Addictions take don't always happen. Sometimes God performs a miracle in our lives... And, and a person can get over an addiction and, and takes away that desire instantly. Other times, it takes a long time, years often, to get over an addiction. It doesn't matter what the addiction is. It could be a chemical addiction to alcohol or some other medication, legal or illegal. It could be a non-chemical addiction. Gambling, pornography, those are non-chemical addictions. But in all addictions, studies have shown there's a chemical reaction that happens in the brain when you partake in that addiction. That's like a reward mechanism. But often, that reward mechanism, we have to short-circuit that. Because usually we need that addiction when we have a certain set of emotions, when our physical state's in a certain way. And it's like, that satisfies us. But we need to find a new satisfaction through God. How can we change that? God, how can God satisfy that desire that you have during, when you need that addiction instead of that addiction? It takes lots of prayer. It takes reading God's Word to change your desires, to change what satisfies you. And I pray that whatever you're, whatever satisfaction you're gaining from that addiction whether it's chemical or non-chemical that God will take that desire away and turn his, your desires to him because that's the only way to truly replace an addiction you know pornography you can put filters on and that's not, but that's not really curing you that's just stopping you gambling you know somebody takes away your car so you can't get to the casino anymore or right now you can't get to the casino at all they're closed and maybe you're fighting that gambling addiction right now because you can't get to the casino. But when the casinos reopen, will you go back? Just because they're closed for a time doesn't mean that cures your addiction. And so, are you using the internet and finding other ways to get your addiction satisfied? But I pray that God will change your desires because that addiction, that sin needs to be dead that is not your master god jesus christ is your master and so you need to turn from that addiction why how do we do this verse 12 therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its desires there's that addiction thing okay cuz it it's like it rules us um, the desire, sometimes it's a food addiction. It's like, well, don't we, we have to eat to survive. Yeah, but then there, we go way beyond that sometimes. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey desire. When you're following an addiction, you're obeying its desires. And so it takes, it's not, like I said, it's an addiction. It's not easy. You just say, I'm gonna, Well, I'm just going to stop. If you can stop that easy, it probably wasn't an addiction. But there are sins and there are habits that we just need to stop and that we can. And we need to stop it. And do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. So, Paul, here in these verse, last few verses we're going to look at, is using, he's using military lingo, is what he's using. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. And do not offer any parts of it, of your mortal body, to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. But as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourself to God as weapons for righteousness. So your body parts are weapons for God. Or they could be weapons of sin for Satan. A fist. I can reach out and shake your hand. I can reach out and lift you up when you've fallen down. I can slap you across the face. I can punch you and break a nose. I don't know if I can, but theoretically. You know, I, I, are you going to use it as a weapon to help others of righteousness and pick others up? To shake a hand? To give a hug when we can? Or are you going to use it to push people away to hurt them to insult them with a slap how do we use our body for god as weapons for righteousness verse 14 for sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law but under grace and now he goes all the way back to back to what he was talking about at the beginning of this chapter under grace Because we are under grace. Because by faith you are justified. You have a reason to change. You have a power to change. Because you may have tried to get rid of these addictions, these bad habits, these sinful habits, without God. But you need God to change. Because you don't have the power to change. Because it's like a master. It's like a slave master. You may want to go one way, but he says, no, this is your job. You must do this. And so God, you have the power of God behind you to change those addictions. You have the power of God behind you to drop those bad, sinful habits, those bad attitudes, all of it. You can change because you have the power of God. In verse 15, which is not in your lesson plan, but in verse 15, he asked the question again What then? Should we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Absolutely not. So he kind of asked the same question again. Don't you know that if you offer yourself to someone as an obedient slave, you are slaves of that one you obey? So who do you obey? Either, and continue on, either of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. So whose master are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to your Savior and obey Him? Are you going to listen to the the sinful master, Satan, and listen to Him for your life and your body? You have a choice to make in your life. And as you continue reading down through chapter 6, skipping down to verse... um, Verse 19, it's kind of a long one. Verse 19, I am using a human analogy because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you offered the parts of yourselves as slaves for your impurity and to greater and greater lawlessness, so now offer them as slaves to righteousness, which results in sanctification. So when we change and we quit offering our bodies to sin, but we offer to righteousness, to God, that results in sanctification, being made holy. When I say being made holy, we're made a little bit holier than we were yesterday. We will not be made perfectly holy until heaven. But we can work to become a little bit holier every day. And how do we do that? Well, who do we obey? If we say we want to obey God and righteousness, then we need to listen to him and we listen to him by reading God's word. You got to read it for yourself. You do it by listening to something like this, a Bible study going through God's word. We li- by listening to sermons. listen to you know our pastor's sermons, but don't, you don't have to limit it to just his. You can listen to other people's sermons too reading but number one is reading god's word reading god's word for yourself and more than a verse at a time a chapter at a time as we see as we're going through this paul is making an argument as he's went through romans so far first he talks about our history our our desires how our sinful lives how awful we are how that none of us are righteous not even one then he talks about how because of Jesus Christ, we can in God's grace, we can be justified by faith. And he uses Abraham as an example. And because of that faith, and because of what Jesus has done, as he continues in chapter five, we see that we have great qualities that we can grave to. That because of justification, we have and and, and through our afflictions, we can we can uh, you know that the afflictions of this life produce endurance, which produces proven character, which gives us a future hope, and so all that builds together and because and we're doing all this because of, in chapter five, because of the sin of Adam, but because of the righteousness of Jesus, we have faith, we have grace to conquer sin. And because we have conquered sin now in, verse, in chapter 6, because Jesus died and he has conquered sin, because we are living by faith, that we are living under the grace of God, we have a new master. And we don't have to fall victim to this, the master of sin. We can conquer the sin. Because you have a new life. And that can change who you are. Sometimes the changes are small and minute. And maybe nobody else notices them right away. But because of Jesus Christ, those small steps become bigger steps. Just like if you ran a marathon or walked a marathon. don't matter if you walk, if you run, if you run like I do, which is slow. Or if you're a speed demon like Pastor Darren. Every marathon starts exactly the same with a single step. But it's a step in the right direction. And while some may dart off ahead... Some may lag behind. You're still moving in the right direction. And that's the goal. Moving in the right direction. And that's all that matters. Well, I, I, I'm not doing it like Pastor Darren. I'm not doing it like Pastor Nelson. That don't matter. You're doing it, God working in your life in the way he needs to work in your life. And, and he doesn't work in everybody's life the same way at the same time. Sin is common to all of us. And because, and so our bodies, everything about us, our eyes, what we watch, what we see, what we look at, what we stare at, is that a weapon of sin or is it a weapon of righteousness? Our ears, what we listen to, what we tune to to listen to, is that a weapon of righteousness or of sin? So our feet, where we walk, where we travel to, are we using them for righteousness or for sinfulness? Everything about our body, are we ch- are we changing it? Our mind, our attitudes, how we think about other people. Is it a weapon of sin and death or is it a weapon of righteousness and eternal life? How we think about others, how we pray for others. I don't know how to treat that person. They always treat me evil. They always treat me bad. Well, start praying for them. Start praying that God will work in your life, that you will treat them better. Even as if they never change and continue to treat you awful. Because you can't change the other person. You can only change you. And that's who you need to pray for. God, help me change. Help change my mind, my attitudes, my thoughts. Help me change The words that come out of my mouth. Help me change how I help others. That my hands will be a helping hand. And not a fighting hand. Because that's how we work towards sanctification. Towards what we need to do in God. And so as you continue reading. If you didn't last week. Reread chapter 5. If you haven't done it yet, start Romans. What book are we in? Romans chapter 1 and read up to chapter 6. Read each and every word. Look at the common words, the common themes that he has. Sometimes you have to stop and slow down because Paul writes in run-on sentences sometimes. And it's kind of complicated. But also read it in big chunks. So you get those themes, those things. See how his arguments are flowing how we he, where he's going and so i pray that this has been helpful to you i pray that this will ch- encourage you i pray that it'll challenge you in your life so even though so right now we're there's a lot of interaction that's not happening with coworkers, at least not as much you may be using a lot of internet meetings but they're still happening Maybe you're having way too much interaction with some of the people that trigger you the most, your family. I pray that God will touch you right in during these times. That He will start changing you. That you can pray differently. Pray for your family. Not that that will change them, but God will change how you react to them. How you react to your kids. Kids, how you react to your parents and your brothers and sisters. How you react to any other people who are in your house that God will change your attitude and make that a prayer pray for your attitude to change pray for your heart to change that your desires will change you know pray for your frustration and your impatience your anger that God will change that into something more holy In your process of sanctification. So continue to read this. This should be a motivation. This doesn't tell you what you need to do to change. We find that later in the book of Romans. This first part of the book of Romans basically is theology. It's like, okay, this is the hows and the whys, these are the reasons that they are. This should change your motivations, change your desires. The last part of Romans, he gets into more of the practical. Okay, how, how does that work out? How do you live that out? But here, this is the motivation, the hows, the whys, the intellect, the philosophy of it. And some some of us, that's a hard thing to study. That's hard to read. This is hard stuff to read. By faith, you read it anyways. Because your desire is changing. You desire to learn something. To learn something new. You desire to have your desires changed. And that's a step in the right direction. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Uh, Lord, I just pray that this word will not go out void. Lord, that you will change hearts. You will change minds. You will change desires. Lord, and I pray that you'll, you'll in the process of sanctification. Lord. But I pray if there's anybody listening, Lord, that is never by faith turned to you and repented of their sins, that they will do so today. That they will change and become justified by the death of, of your son Jesus and have eternal life by his resurrection. You are the mighty God, Lord. We just pray all this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening once again. I'm Pastor Nelson. I'm at Tower View Baptist Church. I'm associate pastor there. I'm also an Army Reserve Chaplain. If you want to get in contact with us, check our website out, TowerViewKC.com. You can go to TowerViewKC.com live and you can see our other services for today or other videos for today. Our pastor's sermon will be up at 1030 a little while from now. I'm already there. There are some songs there from Pastor Craig, our worship pastor, to sing to as a family or listened to. But also if you have prayer requests, go there. If you have praises, triumphs that God has, breakthroughs that you have, let us know that we can celebrate with you. If you have physical needs, um, church members, if you have physical needs and you're watching this and you're close to our church, which is up by Worlds of Fun in the Maple Park, Gracemore area, just, just south of Clay Como, uh, and, and you're close to there, let us know how we can help. Um, so you can contact us through the website. You can send a, you can call or text our church line, 816-368-1330. Uh, pick, pick the way you want to communicate. There are multiple ways you can communicate. Uh, you go to the website. You go to the uh, uh, Facebook page. You can find our physical address. You can write us a letter if you want to. Um, however you want to do it, contact us. Let us know what's going on. You can post comments or prayer requests, praises in, in the comments below. And I thank you for all those who, who have, have put comments in there. And I will go back and reread them once I'm done here. But thank you for today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I pray that um, that on this Sabbath day that God's Holy Spirit will be on you and your household, Lord, as, as this day goes, as we go through these um, unusual times that we have, however long they last. We don't know how long they're going to last. But thank you. Go with God, and God bless.